You know, task three and task four of the speaking section of the CELPIP exam involve you looking at a random picture and then describing what you're looking at to someone who is actually not there. But here's the kicker. You've only got 30 seconds to think about what you'll say, and then just 60 short seconds to say it. If you find that you freeze in situations like this, or that you totally run out of things to say to fill in that time, then you've got to listen to today's Masterclass episode. You'll come away with practical strategies that will help you answer this section of the CELPIP exam like a pro. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. This is the podcast for motivated English learners who want to speak English fearlessly and learn practical tips and strategies to conquer the CELPIP exam. I also love to feature encouraging interviews with regular people, people just like you, who are working towards becoming fluent in English, so we can learn from their experiences together. Who am I? My name is Aaron Nelson, and I've been an English teacher for over 16 years, and I now work to help students prepare for the CELPIP exam through online classes. Last week, I did an episode about how to answer speaking task three, but it wasn't until after I had published it that I realized I had missed a big opportunity to explain this challenging section more effectively than what I did. In the episode, I talked about an imaginary image. I should have used a real one and invited you to work along with me. So do you know what? That's what I'm going to do today. I'll be using a real image, which will be available to you too. So you can follow along with me if you want. And you'll find a link to that in the show notes. This way, I won't need to invent what things look like or where they are in the image. I honestly don't know why I didn't think of doing it this way in the original recording, but there you go. So we're going to begin with a do-over of speaking task three, which is all about describing an image. And if you've already heard the previous episode, this will be a great review for you because I'm going to be talking about a completely different image. So if you want to follow along and you are in a place where you can, I suggest you click on the link in the show notes or go to cellpipsuccess.com forward slash speaking task three. And it's the number three, not T-H-R-E-E. It's the number three. So cellpipsuccess.com forward slash speaking task three. And there you will see the picture that I am describing today, along with all the words that I'm telling you right now. And again, there will be a link in the show notes for you, okay? So if you are driving or walking or just unable to write down or remember the website address that I gave you, you can grab the link in the show notes later. And by the way, as I just mentioned a moment ago, if you are more of the reading kind of person, the blog post that I'm linking to in the show notes will almost be word for word what I'm sharing here. So please check out that blog post later, okay? So let's get on to speaking task three. The first thing that will happen 
in speaking task three, when you are sitting there in the exam center on exam day, is that you are going to see an image. Let's imagine that it's the image I've got for you in this post. It's a busy city park in the fall. Can you see it? Let me describe it for you really quickly. For those of you who are driving or unable to look at the picture, it's a beautiful park scene in the fall. The leaves are all like dark orange or yellows and some browns. Some of the leaves are flying through the air because it's kind of a windy day. In the far away background, you can see some tall buildings of the city with white clouds in the sky and pale blue, well, the sky is a pale blue. And in the forefront or in the main setting, in the main section of the picture, I've got five people out for a walk along a busy path in the park. And that's kind of all I'll tell you at this point. So you'll see a picture. That'll be the first thing that happens. Then the brainstorming part of the exam will begin. You'll only get 30 seconds to prepare before you need to actually give your answer. So you need to use your time wisely. And here's one way that you could do that. Let's pretend that the image below, the one that I'm describing for you right now, is the one that you're going to be shown. Quickly ask yourself, where is this picture taking place? So that should be the first thing you think about when you look at the picture for the first time. Where is this taking place? If you want, you can write this information down on your notepaper. Because remember, on the exam in on the exam day, you will be given a pad of paper and something to write with. You're not allowed to bring it in with you, but your test center will issue you that so that you can take notes. Now, here's what I would say about the picture that we see. I think it's a beautiful picture of Stanley Park in the fall. And if you remember from last week, Stanley Park is one of the most iconic parks here in, well, British Columbia, in the city of Vancouver. So I'm just imagining that this picture is a picture of Stanley Park. Okay, it's probably not. Maybe it's a picture of you know, Central Park in New York or something like that. But I, I'm just going to keep it close to home. I'm going to call it Stanley Park in Vancouver. So that's the first part that you should be doing in the brainstorming section. Figure out what you're looking at. Next, you will want to divide and conquer. Don't worry about describing everything. And I'll talk about that in a few moments. Instead, as you look at your picture, you need to imagine that the picture is divided into four equal quadrants. On the blog page that I've linked to, you'll, you'll be able to see how I divided the picture. And if you're listening along right now, you can't see what I'm talking about, but just imagine that I'm looking at a lovely park scene with people walking and enjoying the sun. And now imagine that that same picture has been cut into four equal sections. By dividing the picture into quadrants, and you'll need to do this in your imagination on the test because, well, you can't cut open the computer and, you know, mess with the picture. You need to imagine yourself doing this. By, by dividing the picture up in the quadrants, you're going to be helping yourself to focus on a specific area that you're going to talk about. 
And what you should look for is an area that draws your attention or that you feel like you have more vocabulary words that you can use to talk about it. That will be where you begin when the speaking portion of the question begins. So in, so, in quick summary, use the brainstorming time to decide what you're looking at and then where you're going to focus your attention when the question actually starts. So when the 30 seconds of prep time are finished, the test will automatically move you to the speaking portion of this task. You'll have 60 seconds, that's one minute, to talk about this image. Here's one way that you could do this. Number one, set the scene. Pretend you're talking to your very best friend on the phone and tell him or her what you're looking at. You could say, hi, John, I'm looking at a beautiful picture of Stanley Park in the fall. And you could replace John, obviously, with the name of your best friend. And it's okay, by the way, for you to use the name of your best friend. And the reason why you should imagine that you're talking to your best friend is that it will make it a little bit easier for you to be describing this scene. Because remember, on the CELPIP exam, you're not talking to a person, you're talking into a machine, the computer, right? And, and you'll be speaking into a microphone and looking at a screen that has the picture. So that could be challenging. And if you imagine that you're talking to a friend, it might help you to relax a little bit. It might help you to, well, formulate your thinking a little bit better as if you're talking to a friend. It might help you to feel a little bit less nervous as well. The other reason why it's important, and we mentioned this in the previous episode, is it's very important to avoid having your voice being this monotone that doesn't go up or down no matter what you're talking about or what emotions you are expressing. Oh, don't do that. You need to express emotions as you are speaking. And you know that's actually one of the things that the test raters, the graders, that's something that they're listening for. That's something that will help you to get better marks in the speaking section is if your voice is going up and down as you are expressing your ideas. There should be emotion behind it. And when you're talking to your best friend, I guarantee you, your voice isn't a monotone that doesn't express any feelings at any amount of, at any point in time, right? I mean, you, you probably have more expression, more, uh, yeah, more feeling behind what you're saying. So, Imagining that you're talking to a friend will hopefully help you to have that feeling in your answer. Point number two, focus on your area of interest. Now, this is really, really important. Don't try to talk about the entire picture. I'm going to say that again. You don't have to talk about the entire picture. In fact, if you try to talk about the whole picture, you're probably not going to do a very good job because you're going to be in a rush and you're going to feel like you need to cover everything and you might get lost in the process. So help yourself out. First of all, don't try to talk about the whole picture. Second, remain focused by talking about a specific area of the picture at a time. That's why we were at the very beginning when we were in the brainstorming section, when we imagined that we cut 
that picture into four equal quadrants, and your job was to try to identify which area of the picture you're going to spend the majority of your time talking. That's why that that exercise or that part of the brainstorming section was really important, because this is where you're going to need it. So in our case, let's imagine, for example, that we're going to talk about the lower left-hand side of the picture. And if you could refer to the image in the blog post, you're going to know what I'm talking about. But in the picture, this, this area, the lower left-hand side, has two women walking. One is walking towards us as we're looking at the picture, and the other woman is walking away from us. So we see her back. To signal where you're looking in this example, you could say something like, in the lower left-hand corner of the picture, I see two women in their late 20s walking. One of them is walking towards me, while the other one is walking away from me. That leads us to point number three. Use the power of details. I could have said, in the lower left-hand corner of the picture, I see two women. You would have known what I'm talking about, but by adding details like... I see two women in their late 20s. One of them is walking towards me while the other is walking away from me. I just helped you to identify who they are better. And it also made my description a little bit richer, which will be good because that will add to your score. It also makes it more interesting to listen to, by the way. So make sure that you add relevant details. And here are some things that will help you give relevant details. You should be thinking about their age. If you're looking at pe at people, how old do you think the people are? If, and again, if the photo has people. So don't forget to think about how old they might be. Next, talk about feelings. If the picture shows a person's face, try to describe how you think they feel. Are they happy? Are they sad, worried, excited? In our example picture, we don't have a clear facial expression. Nobody has a clear facial expression, actually. So you can imagine a logical choice. Next, make sure you talk about clothing if you can. You can and should talk about very specific items of clothing that you see people wearing. Talk about colors. Don't just say that the, woman, that the woman is wearing a pair of jeans. Spice it up with color. The woman with long blonde hair is wearing blue jeans. Way more interesting than the woman is walking in the park, right? I'm adding details that make it more interesting, and it adds, well, it, it just adds interest. That's what, that's what it means to be more interesting, right? Yeah, use description to add or create more interest. It will also strengthen your answer. You'll get better marks on the self-help exam if you do a good job describing what you're looking at. Finally, talk about specific locations inside the photo. Where is the woman with the long blonde hair in the photo that I'm working with? Where is she in relation to the other people in the picture? How about on the pathway that they are walking on? I'll give you a hint. She's walking in the middle of the pathway. So let's pull this all together. Here is a description of the picture that we're working on today. 
Hello, John. I'm looking at a beautiful picture of Stanley Park in the fall. It's a lovely sunny afternoon shot, and there are lots of people out for a walk and enjoying the sun. In the lower left-hand part of the picture, there are two women in their late 20s walking. The woman on the far left has, has shoulder-length dark hair, and she's wearing a brown jacket with a white and blue blouse under it. She's wearing a blue pair of blue jeans and has black sneakers and is carrying a small handbag in her right hand. She's smiling happily because she's on her way home after a busy day at work. On her left, there's another woman with long blonde hair walking in the opposite direction. She has a tiny brown hat and is wearing a dark blue jean jacket with a white shirt underneath it. She's also wearing blue jeans and has brown shoes. What a beautiful day in the park. This block of text should take about 60 seconds to say. I didn't talk about the entire picture, but I did draw out the details of a section of the photo. Give this a try and see how you do. Let's move on to speaking task four, which is talking about predictions. And by the way, you're going to get the same picture that you had in speaking task three. So that's a bonus. You don't have to worry about trying to figure out a completely new picture. But what you will need to do is to make predictions about what you think is going to happen next, logically, in the picture. Like before, you're only going to get 30 seconds to prepare before you need to actually give your answer. So just like in the first one, make sure you use your time wisely. So let's pretend once again that the image that I have linked to in the show notes is going to be the one that you're going to be shown. First of all, if you remember, what is the, what's the first thing that you need to be thinking of when you look at your picture on the exam? What's the first thing that you should think about? Where? Where is this picture taking place? If you want, remember, you can write this information down on your notepaper. And I would say, once again, that this is a picture of Stanley Park in the fall. And once again, let me remind you, I'm just imagining that it's Stanley Park, Stanley Park, okay? You could imagine it to be a park in your neighborhood if you want, or uh, you don't even have to give it a name. You could just say that it's, you know, a lovely park in the fall. But I'm calling mine Stanley Park. It's in Vancouver. Next, during your, your brainstorming session, you need to still... For, for reading for speaking task four, you also should divide and conquer. Do you remember what that's all about? Where you divide your picture into four equal quadrants. Because remember, you don't need to talk about the entire picture. This is also true about speaking task four. Don't worry about trying to describe or talk about what's going to happen with everybody in the picture. You probably won't have enough time to do that. By dividing the picture into quadrants in your imagination, because on the test, you're not going to be able to do this. It's not going to be like that for you, even though I have a picture of it like this on the, pot, on, the, on the blog. On the test, it's just going to be an image. You need to use your imagination to divide it up into four quadrants. Dividing it up into four quadrants will help you focus on a specific area to talk about. And again, look for an area that draws your attention or that you feel you have more vocabulary to work with to talk about. 
decide what you're looking at and where in the picture you'd like to begin talking about. That's what you need to do in the brainstorming section. When the 30 seconds of prep time are finished, just like in speaking task three, the test will automatically move you to the speaking portion. You'll have just 60 seconds to talk about what you think will happen next in the photo. And here is one way that you could do that. Number one, quickly set the scene. Pretend you're talking to your best friend on the phone again and tell him or her what you're looking at. For example, what we started off with in uh, speaking task three. Hi, John. I'm looking at a beautiful picture of Stanley Park in the fall. Then we're moving on to step two. Focus on your area of interest. Remember, you're not going to try to talk about the entire picture. In fact, in this task, you don't need to talk about very much to describe what you're seeing. Your focus must be on making predictions. You still need to help yourself remain focused by talking about a specific area of the picture at a time. In our example today, we're going to shift things up a little bit. Let's talk about the lower right-hand side of the picture. In that area, there's a group of three friends. I think they're friends. And all three of them are walking away from us. So to signal what you're looking at, you could say something like, in the lower right-hand corner of the picture, I see a group of three friends walking along the path in the park. I see two young men in their mid-twenties and a young woman who also, look like, who also looks like she is in her twenties. They're walking away from me on their way to work. Point number three, make sure you still use the power of details. Just like before, I could have said in the lower right-hand corner of the picture, I see three people. Of course, you would have known what I'm talking about, but by adding details, you make your answer even more interesting. And as a bonus, you'll also increase your score on the CELPIP by adding relevant details. So make sure that you do it. But don't pay too much attention to adding a lot of details in this section because your focus should be on making predictions. Just as a quick reminder, when you're giving details, don't forget to mention their age, how they might be feeling, what they're wearing, what colors you see on their clothes or in the image around them, and talk about specific locations inside the photo. So let's get on to what we need to focus on, making predictions. The focus of this question should be on making predictions as to what is going to happen next to some of the characters or the people in the picture. Be logical, but you can also certainly use your imagination with this. We've already picked the group of three people, two young men in their mid-twenties and a young woman who is also in her twenties as the spot where we're going to begin. Now here are some useful verbs to talk about the future. Can you, first of all, before I mention them, can you think of a few verbs that you might use to talk about the future? I'll give you a moment to think about it. If you wanted to talk about the future, what verbs would you use? I've got will, might, may, going to, likely, and probably. Probably. 
All right, so I'm going to use these words in the story that I'm making up about this picture. Listen carefully and see if you can hear each time I use them. All right? And my story, it's kind of long. I'm going to try to read it quickly to make it one minute. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it because I've crammed a lot of information in here, which shows you the power of details. If you will never run out of things to say if you use details well. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to open up my cell phone right now. And you can do this too, by the way. I am going to set up a timer. And I'm going to time myself reading what I've got here. I've already practiced it a few times and I was able to get it into a minute. But uh, I'm going to do it again. And when you are practicing, and you should practice doing things like this, try creating the situation and talking about... Not, you don't need to create a situation. Try looking at a picture of something. You could even take out your cell phone, by the way. As you're going about maybe a walk in the morning, take a random picture. Then later, pull it out and try to describe it in one minute or less. And then for further practice, try to imagine what's going to happen next and talk about it again for one minute. See if you can do it. Okay, so I've got my cell phone out here. I've opened up my timer. And I'm going to hit start and see if I can read you my story in one minute or less. Okay, so here goes. Paul, the young man on the left who is wearing a dark jacket over a gray hoodie, will probably be the first to say goodbye and head to a different direction in order to get to his workplace. In fact, he is telling his friends now that he will soon need to go. However, what he doesn't know is that this morning he's going to meet Jennifer, a beautiful blonde who is walking a little behind and to the left of him. They're going to accidentally bump into each other when he turns in a rush to head towards his workplace. This chance meeting will lead to them falling in love. They may even get married. The other two friends, William and Lois, are going to walk together a little while longer. But then Lois, the lady on the far right, with a long brown coat, dark pants, and a brown leather shoulder bag, is likely going to grab a bus to head deeper into the city where she works as a manager in a sporting goods company. William, the young man who is walking in the middle, may walk a little more on his own because his workplace is nearby. So my answer came in at one minute and one second. So I'm going to have to do some editing work on my answer to make sure that I'm not over that one minute mark because one thing that you don't ever want to have happen is for the test to move on and cut you off. That is not something good to have happen in your answer. You'd be better off ending, you know, at 59 seconds or 58 seconds, but you don't want to be going over. So let's talk about some of the similarities and major differences between task three and task four. If you're thinking that there's a lot of similarities between task three and task four, you are right. It's important in both tasks to set the scene and use the power of description to help you describe what you're seeing. You'll also be working with the same picture in both tasks. The major differences to be aware of are in task four, remember, you're making predictions. The bulk of your answer should be focused on this. Don't spend a lot of time setting the scene. In task three, the most important information you need to convey is the scene. 
You'll want to describe as clearly as you can the spot or the people in the image you've chosen to talk about. Remember, in both tasks, you don't need to talk about everything in the image. Don't overwhelm yourself. Focus on an area that draws your attention. If you finish that area and you still have enough time, you can then move on to another section. I hope, my friend, that you found this session or this episode to be of use to you as you prepare for the speaking section of the SELPIP exam. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Hey, did you enjoy listening to today's episode about speaking task three and four of the SELPIP exam? But maybe you're thinking to yourself, I'd sure like to have some extra practice around this. If that's you, I'd like to invite you to join me for a masterclass. Have you ever been to a webinar that just filled you with information but didn't give you a chance to do anything about what you were learning? That's not going to be happening here because what I'm offering is not a webinar. It's a live masterclass where you and I and anyone else who jumps in on this will be working together. That means it's going to be interactive, meaning you're going to get a chance to practice using what we're learning about together. Now, does interacting freak you out a little bit? No problem. I totally get that. You don't have to participate if just watching and listening is more your thing. But you totally should try to participate. All of my classes are fun, mistake-friendly learning environments. You will never be put on the spot or shamed if you make a mistake. I know exactly what that feels like, so I'll never do that to you. So if you're serious about getting your best score on the speaking section of the SELPIP exam, you need to join this masterclass. You, you can find out more by going to selpipsuccess.com forward slash masterclass.